My name is Ian Wu, and I am the Web Director for the Behavioral Science and Health Services Research Assembly of the American Thoracic Society. For this podcast, Colin Cook, Program Chair of the BSHSR Assembly, joins us to talk about what is programmed at the upcoming American Thoracic Society 2017 International Meeting in Washington, D.C. So thank you, Colin, for joining us. Can you tell us what has the BSHSR Assembly programmed for the next meeting? Sure. So um, I am pretty excited about the content that we have upcoming for the 2017 meeting. I think we've got a lot of great sessions um, programmed that I think reflect um, the diversity of interest of our assembly quite um, nicely. Um, maybe I'll tell you briefly about sort of the the numbers of, of different sessions that we have, and then I can, if you like, go through uh, and, and sort of highlight um, some of the specific uh, programming for each of the different content areas. That sounds um, perfect. Thanks. So uh, we um, successfully programmed um, two postgraduate courses this year. Um, we have two scientific symposia. Um, we've jointly sponsored a number of others, including three other scientific symposia. Um, as we have in past years, we have five mini symposia where we present uh, abstracts um, in an oral fashion. We have six poster discussions uh, and five thematic poster sessions. Um, and then lastly, two Meet the Professor sessions and two Sunrise um, seminars. So a, a, a fair amount of content uh, spanning the spectrum of the various um, uh, types of presentations that ATS offers. Um, so I thought maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I could start by telling you a little bit about the postgraduate courses as well as some of the um, scientific symposia since I think those are um, some of the more interesting um, uh, pieces of content that we have programmed this year. Great. So uh, our two postgraduate courses, um, the first one is a course led by Alan Walkey, um, which is titled Look Before You Leap, um, A User's Guide to Clinical Research Evaluation. Um, this session actually really nicely outlines um, how to approach the medical literature for individuals interested in learning about uh, methods uh, and um, statistical design. It combines didactics and a workshop, and ideally will provide clinicians with a, like a toolkit to develop a systematic approach to, um, to reading the literature. So it, it, and it capitalizes on a lot of great presentations from uh, folks within and without our assembly uh, describing, you know, what are the ways in which you approach the medical literature to learn more. The second um, postgraduate course is titled Racing to Excellence, the Art and Science of Critical Care Quality Improvement. Um, the, this, in this particular postgraduate course, participants will uh, select one of three quality improvement topics. Um, we'll then break out into sessions and sort of build these skills working through a simulated quality improvement case study with um, a diverse array of, of facilitators. Again, populated by faculty, both um, within the assembly, but also from a critical care um, assembly. So um, it's unusual to have two postgraduate courses, so I think that's great for us. Um, and it really, I think, highlights a lot of the things that our membership um, have expertise in. Absolutely. It sounds like they would be relevant to many people to attend. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for, for uh, clinicians interested in learning more about research design and ways to approach the literature, I think it would be, um, be great. I think for trainees interested in learning research methods, the Look Before You Leap 
postgraduate course should be um, beneficial. And then I think, um, you know, clinicians and healthcare leaders that are interested in quality improvement can learn a lot from um, from the uh, course on quality improvement as well. Um, so then moving on to the scientific symposia, um, we have um, we have two scientific symposia that we programmed this year, and then we are jointly sponsoring um, uh, three more. The ones that we've specifically programmed, um, we have a scientific symposium on reducing readmissions for COPD, strategies, issues, and results. And the idea behind this symposia is in 2016, the ATS brought together experts in COPD during a workshop in order to, to write uh, a thought paper about readmissions for COPD. And this session really aims to highlight the fruits of that workshop um, to describe what are, what are the, what's the current understanding on ways in which we can reduce COPD admissions. So this has, in, this has a relevance not only for sort of policy, uh, but also for practicing clinicians who are interested in trying to improve care for their COPD patients. Um, one of the other scientific symposia is titled Gaming the System or Saving Lives, Pay for Performance in the 21st Century. Um, and this session mostly focuses on critical care, um, but it highlights uh, how pay for performance can be effective, um, evidence for gaming that results from a pay for performance programs and some of the unintended consequences of these initiatives at a national level um, on our patients. Um, and these are really targeted to specifically ATS-specific conditions. So while it focuses on critical illness, there are some other pulmonary-specific um, content within this symposium. Um, and so those are the two that we programmed as an assembly. And then we jointly sponsored three others, uh, one on lung cancer screening and how it can be um, a teachable moment for smoking cessation, uh, one on this, on discussing when and how intensivists should guide surrogate decision makers, and then a final one um, on implementation um, science. So I thought maybe um, it would be worthwhile just briefly mentioning a little bit about the implementation science. Um, I think that would be great. It was a little bit of a unique, um, a little bit of a unique way in which this particular symposium came about. So, um, uh, uh, one of the members of the nursing assembly, um, Dina Costa, put together a proposal on implementation science that was largely focused on critical illness. And that came through, I believe, the critical care assembly and was, was graded well, but not well enough to be programmed. But the leadership of the critical care assembly felt like this is an important topic and so brought it to the entire international conference committee and said, we'd like to broaden this specific proposal out to all assemblies um, because we think it has great relevance to um, the practice of, of pulmonary critical care and sleep medicine across the society. So during the international conference committee meetings, um, the leadership of each assembly got together and kind of put, reorganized and reworked this specific proposal to be diverse in including diseases across the spectrum of ATS and as well as expertise and faculty from um, different assemblies as well. So um, in general, the purpose of it is to um, highlight and really discuss the challenges of translating evidence into practice. It will highlight some of the success stories from um, pulmonary rehabilitation, lung cancer screening, tuberculosis guidelines, uh, CPAP adherence for uh, the uh, uh, sleep, uh, those interested in sleep. 
And it also should provide attendees some information about what are the funding streams that are available for doing implementation work. So I think it's a really nice uh, collaborative effort across the entire society to um, highlight how implementa implementation science is an important field, what are, what are the uh, successful ways in which we can do it across different diseases. So uh, kind of a unique um, uh, symposium that I think really uh, captures a lot of what our um, assembly in particular is interested in. That really is unique. Um, does that mean that all of the assemblies sponsor this symposium? Yes. So uh, it, it was a joint effort across all assemblies. So every single assembly um, signed their, you know, their uh, endorsement of approval on the, um, on the proposal, which when it came time to, to vote uh, within the International Conference Committee as to which of the um, symposium would be programmed <laughs> that were joint symposia, it was a clear favorite because everybody yeah. voted uh, Everybody voted as uh, putting it at the top of the list. So um, kind of different in, in, the, in the way in which it came about um, as a much more collaborative symposium rather than uh, a specifically a membership derived. Although we do have Dina Acosta to, uh, to thank for kind of the creating the seed of what ultimately became this um, joint proposal. This really shows how important this area is, and this symposium really will be relevant to everybody who goes to ATS. I think that's right, and um, it, I think the fact that it really captured the attention of all the leadership within the International Conference, um, as you mentioned, that really highlights the fact that it's an important issue um, that spans you know, all assemblies and the entire society as a whole. Great. You want to tell us about the Meet the Professor sessions? Sure. So um, we have two Meet the Professor sessions. Um, the first is will be given by um, Molly Osborne, uh, who will speak about um, the development of leadership skills. Um, so this is specifically catering um, to academic uh, and uh, administrative uh, individuals within the assembly, um, but also those who are interested in um, medical education as well, um, where um, Molly will highlight sort of a career's worth of discussion about um, developing leadership and ways in which one can do that. Um, the second is a little bit more specific. Um, uh, it's Jean-Marie Brzez who will discuss um, how um, mental health can influence the care for patients with pediatric asthma. Uh, so she's capitalizing on a, a lot of the research that she's done um, to, to um, create a nice session uh, about um, this specific influence on pediatric asthma management. Those sound very interesting. Um, there are a couple of other um, sessions in particular um, related to medical education that I think are worth highlighting since we have a section of medical education that put a lot of effort, time and effort and energy into um, these specific proposals. Um, one of them is a workshop that we programmed as an assembly which uh, was titled Career Advancement for Clinician Educators, Fostering Leadership, Scholarship, and Opportunities for Success. So it may have some overlap with Molly Osborne's uh, Meet the Professor, but this is specifically tailored to uh, uh, clinician educators and how the individuals that are pursuing a career in that pathway can kind of move through the ranks of promotion and ways in which they can be recognized for their scholarly um, contributions. Um, and then there's an additional three-part medical education series that is being put on at noon um, that uh, members of this section of medical education within our assembly were responsible for, for programming. Um, 
And those three are are, are first, uh, teaching with stimulation, practical solutions to common problems. So in this specific specific workshop, um, learners will uh, engage in ways in which they can use simulation to improve uh, understanding among trainees. Uh, The second is educational videos, why and how to make them. So a discussion about a specific tool um, that clinician educators can use to generate uh, material. And then the third is uh, titled Playing to the Crowd, How to Engage Your Audience in a Large Group Setting. So those, the combination of those four um, noon workshops really comprise a large chunk of the medical education-related content that, that the uh, Behavioral Science Assembly is putting on this year. And it's quite a bit covers a yeah. broad range of topics, so that's great. A broader range of topics. And I think, you know, one thing if, you know, we haven't discussed some of the other sessions, but if you look at the, the program in general comprehensively this year, I think we did a really nice job at uh, really integrating a lot of the medical education-related content within the assembly. So um, not only do they have the noon seminar workshop series, um, they're also integrated um, in the various uh, um presentation of scientific re- uh, research. So there's a, um, a mini-symposium on um, novel tr- approaches to training the next generation of pulmonary and critical care clinicians, where we highlight some of the um, best science that's out there uh, that, was, uh, that was submitted this year related to medical education. We have a poster discussion um, that's specifically targeting you know, emerging strategies to train medical professions. And then we have a thematic poster session um, that's also about innovations in professional education. So really across all the scientific content, we have some areas that specifically focus on medical education in addition to the um, noon seminar series, which um, you know is didactic-based. That's terrific. Um, there were a couple of um, uh, sunrise seminars that we programmed. Uh, Michelle Aiken will be discussing how to interpret qualitative research sort of a, um, a niche area within our assembly, but certainly very important to a, um, a growing number of members is how to perform qualitative research. Um, and, and Michelle Kim will discuss uh, her experiences um, with that specific research approach. And then Kusa Matthews, um, who is an um, uh, uh, emergency medicine critical care physician, um, will discuss um, ways in which one can use an operational approach to improving um, the flow of critical care patients, specifically moving in and out of the emergency department to the ICU, moving at, in and out of the ICU to the floors. So she's um, a lot of the work that she's been doing has focused on using these operational um, approaches and, and uh, to solve these problems of triage and timeliness of care. Yeah, those sound like they will be worth waking up early for, right? These are usually so, programmed yeah. very early. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think more than anything, they're often really good opportunities for individuals to um, to learn in depth about the type of work that these individuals are doing. It's an opportunity for them to shine and show sort of the things that they've been discovering in the in the in their early careers. That's great. Any other um, programs that we should be aware of? Yeah. So um, there are. A couple of other things I wanted to highlight that I think are relevant to our members. Um, there are a couple, looking through the program, not just our assembly, but in other er- things that have been programmed across other assemblies, there are a couple uh, sessions on career development that I think may be of interest um, to our members. So um, there is a career development session titled 
um, VA Career Development Awards, how they can launch academic careers. This is going to be uh, on Monday at noon, and it's focusing largely on investigators that have an affiliation with the VA and are interested in having a career in research within the VA, discussing the um, merits of having a career development award through the vet, uh, through uh, Veterans um, Affairs. So I think that may be of use. And then um, related to career development, there's a session, um, another session that's called uh, Preparing for Entering the Grant Shark Tank, Attending Early Career Funding. Again, for uh, targeted at uh, senior fellows and junior faculty that are interested in research um, uh, from some with um, speakers from, um, you know, experts in the field that have had uh, funding for many years, but also some more junior faculty that have recently gone through the process of obtaining uh, a grant. So I think those may be useful um, for, for individuals, you know, at that stage or that are interested in a career in research. I already mentioned the medical education series that I think will be particular interest for those interested in pursuing careers in clinical education. And then there were four other specific symposium that I wanted to just highlight that I think um, highlight um, areas of, of uh, that are of interest to our members um, but are not specifically programmed by our assembly. Um, the, one, the first was a symposium on Monday, um, which is titled Sepsis Goes to Washington, Regulations, Definitions, and Research Shaping the Future of Sepsis. And this session largely focuses on the recent Centers for Medicare Medicaid Services um, performance measure around sepsis care and capitalizes on the unique location of ATS, which is in Washington um, this year, to have some of the experts from Medicare actually come to ATS and speak about um, these measure measures and uh, their potential future. So it's, I think, a unique opportunity to really hear from the uh, from Medicare actually what their thoughts are on these specific sepsis measures. The the second one that I wanted to highlight was. Um, uh, on Sunday, it's a scientific symposium that's titled The Promise and Reality of Wearable Health Technology. Um, so obviously this is an emerging area um, that many individuals are interested in using in their research to understand how we can use wearable technology to inform the care we're providing with our patients. Um, so I think that's that may be of interest. Um, the third is um, on Monday as well. Uh, which is titled 100 Years of AJR-CCM, 1917 to 2017. Um, the purpose of this symposium is to really highlight the really the, the groundbreaking research that's come out of the Blue Journal over the last 100 years. Um, Jeff Drazen, the editor of the New England Journal, will be there and provide some concluding remarks about um, medical publishing in general and potentially the future of medical publishing and what his thoughts are at you know, at the New England Journal. So I think that may be a kind of a cool session to really hear about um, how the ATS has been instrumental at at, um, at at championing much of the science and publishing much of the science that we um, we use today in our clinical practice. And then the fourth thing I wanted to highlight was a symposium that's going to be, unfortunately, on Wednesday, but those brave enough to stick around. Uh, the last a, day of the conference. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Those brave enough to stick around can see a session titled ATS Clinical Practice Guidelines, Clinical Practice on the Cutting Edge. Um, this has been a session or a symposium that's been held for the last several years at ATS, which takes a recent clinical practice guideline that the ATS has published and then kind of highlights it uh, as an opportunity to instruct um, membership about the forthcoming guideline and, and, and some implementation issues perhaps. This year's symposium will highlight the guidelines on mechanical ventilation and acute respiratory distress syndrome. 
um, liberation from mechanical ventilation, and treatment of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease exacerbation. So three guidelines that, um, if are not published yet, will be published quite soon. And uh, this specific uh, session is is um, set up to really walk the audience through what the recommendations are that are coming out of these guidelines um, to to kind of educate um, you know membership. So I think those are the four sessions that I think are quite relevant to our assembly that are you know weren't programmed by us. Um, obviously, there's um, hundreds of other sessions that are that are programmed um, that uh, you know that could have relevance to individual members, and so obviously perusal of the program would be the most important way to get in, uh, an understanding of what else is out there. But I just wanted to highlight these because I thought they were quite relevant. Yeah, no, these are. Um, I think these are highly relevant to people in our assembly, as are many other programs, as you allude to. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, I guess the last thing I would mention is just um, you know to individuals that are interested in 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 being involved in programming content for forthcoming ATS meetings. Um, there is a uh, we have an annual meeting every year at the ATS conference where we discuss the subsequent year and potential um, sessions that we want to program. So that that's typically held on Tuesday mornings, often around 6.30 to 7-ish. Um, I think that this year the start time is 6.30. I don't have the exact room uh, number for uh, for listeners at, at this time, but it will definitely be uh, discussed at the assembly meeting um, for the behavioral science, which will be on Sunday evening. So um, I will only only use this opportunity to plug that anybody interested in programming the ATS conference to come to that meeting on Tuesday morning, um, because that's where, where the sort of foundation gets laid as to what we are thinking about programming for the subsequent meeting in the subsequent years. Great, great. I think that's a great suggestion for listeners. And Colin, that just brings up that you did a terrific job leading um, this planning committee and um, forming such a great agenda for uh, this meeting. Well, I have to admit, Laura uh, Feemster deserves a lot of credit, too. She's the co-chair for this year who will be taking over as chair uh, starting in May. And um, and you know, I think uh, I think t- we worked quite well together. We've known each other for a while. Um, and it was quite easy, actually, to, to put together, I think, such a great uh, session for this year. But she definitely deserves a, 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 a lion's, lion's share, perhaps, even of the credit, because she did a ton of work, too. Sounds good. And she'll do the podcast next year. Uh, so thanks, Colin, very much for giving us this overview of what's going to be programmed at the ATS annual meeting in 2017 that will be in Washington, D.C. from May 19th to 24th. I think the challenge will be to figure out which sessions to prioritize as so many sessions will be ongoing at the same time. But no matter where we end up, uh, I think we'll be learning some excellent um, information. So thanks very much, Colin. My pleasure, and I um, look forward to seeing everybody at the uh, meeting in May. Yes, see you then. All right.